1: what's up podcast world welcome to the young and adulting podcast this is season six it's entitled what i wish i knew i'm really excited about today because we're joined by two incredible people but before i tell you who they are and a little bit about them this season is all about asking trusted voices and leaders who are a little bit further than we are what do you wish you knew maybe in your 20s when you're getting started in life and relationships and career that we should know right now and so i'm excited for this conversation we're joined by pastor james and Lisa, been a part of our church for decades, kind of stewarding marriage ministry. You have a podcast, Art of Spousing, which yeah. is so cool, by the way. Thank you. And so you're doing so many things. But before we maybe jump into a little bit of your story, which I want to get to, what are some of the fun facts or some things we should know about you right as we start?
2: Well, you know, um, a fun fact is James is an avid cyclist. Right. Yeah. And so how many years? 15 years? About 15, 16 years. Yeah. And you've actually mobilized it and used it to raise awareness around human trafficking, really coming against what's happening in our culture today. Um, so, I decided that I would um, try to be a great wife and join in an adventure <laughs> with James. He, for 10 years, he's asking me to ride a bike with him. Right. Hand. And finally did. Come on. Yeah. And so, t- three years ago, I had an accident on oh. my first ride out. And um, it's actually a really quite funny story um, that I didn't know that our bodies have a coccyx. And that is oh, the yes. end yeah. of your tailbone. Yeah. She and bent
0: her coccyx.
2: Yes, which is really yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah. So fun fact. But hey, us.
0: just a couple of weeks ago, got you, back on. You the got Bible. back on the bike. Okay. So, yeah, it took
2: me a while, but I did it. So yeah. 30 so I didn't years. throw you under the bus too much there.
0: Yeah, thirty years of marriage, and you're
1: still adventurous, I'm which I'm, is cool. I'm trying. Let's go. <laughs> well, for those of uh, listeners who who aren't familiar with your story, with how you met, mm-hmm. all of that, mm-hmm. I know there's some there's some fun stuff. So, why don't you give us a snapshot? How'd you start dating? How'd you meet? Who maybe? Who initiate? You know, yeah, whatever. All the it's, it's all there. How do well, we get started? Well, I'll start it. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell the truth,
0: and then she okay, can yeah. um, edit it. Edit it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so it was actually my sophomore year in college. Uh, I was in school in Nashville, Tennessee, and Lisa came in as a freshman. My sophomore year, we're the same age, but she went to another school and uh, then came in North
2: Carolina State North University. North Carolina State University. University that's
0: right. Yeah. Um, and so, at the beginning of the school year, uh, there was a bunch of people from the school just hanging out downtown nashville and um got to meet a lot of people from different states and so forth and lisa was there and we might have said hey but didn't really connect Mm -hmm. um maybe a week later i'm in my dorm room by myself and i have four roommates in my dorm but they're all gone and the phone rings and i pick up the phone and on the other end is this girl saying hey is bobby there there's my roommate and i was like no he's not here
2: this this makes me sound like i'm like after no
0: no no you said Well, I was supposed to meet Bobby for a walk and I was trying to catch up with him. And I said, well, Bobby's not here, but I'm here. Come on. (laughs) And uh, so this is great. So we met at the track there at the school and. Um, the funny thing is, at the time, I was actually in a long distance relationship with another girl.
2: So his mom, his parents had actually, if there was like an arranged marriage yeah. in the in the nineties, it was the closest thing to arranged marriage. The closest okay. thing to arranged marriage. They wanted them but, to get married. Yes.
0: But we uh, were walking in that first time, and and I actually recognized that there was something special about Lisa. It's like this girl's amazing, and so the next day uh, we walked again um, for a long walk, and I think it was on that walk that I looked at you and I said hey, I think I'm going to marry you. And you said. Do
2: that. I said, you're a crazy right. person. And I would not recommend anyone saying that on like the second walk. <laughs> it wasn't even a date. It was a walk around the track. And so um, at that point, I began telling him all the things that my life, why my life was so complicated. Right. I thought I would scare him off and make it just jolt him back into reality. I'm like right. This is not, this doesn't make any sense. But he was persistent. Mm -hmm. And And we
0: became great friends, right? So
2: we were great friends. I said, let's slow the roll. Let's be friends. (laughs) And because I was a freshman and everyone, people knew him, but they didn't know me. I'm like, I need you to go on a date, James. That's right. Like, go take somebody out because everyone thinks that we are a couple and we're not. And we're not going to be a couple. I'm not going to marry you. I'm not going to date you. But I want you to go on a date with someone. That's right. And he did. did. And he chose a girl. There's three dorms, three floors of girls. And he chose a girl across the hall from me.
1: Send a message. Strategic. Send yeah.
2: a message. <laughs> Send a message. You guys are together yeah, on that's this. That's right. yeah. I, I thought it was ridiculous. Yeah. I thought it was un- uncalled for and rude. And um, lo and behold, her name was Julie. That's and right. so my close relationship with Pastor Julie, it's just a, a constant reminder <laughs> of, 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 james pursuit of me and my irritation after i'd asked him to go on a date so but
0: you got back because you got the date
2: so i got a date and um i was so excited about it jc odin if you're out there jc odin i it was you who asked me on a date and i'm so excited about it so i'm waiting in my lobby of the dorm and this was before cell phones so
0: what year frame it this would have been 91 no it's been 90 okay yeah
2: close enough yeah no cell phones and right. so I'm waiting on this date and the state in the in my lobby dorm room. The phone rings, and I answer it because I'm the only one in there because everyone else is at a, a basketball game out of town. And it's James, right, calling from a payphone
0: at the basketball game with he's all her like, friends.
2: Did JC show up? And I'm like, Well, not yet. <laughs> so I hung up. JC never showed up. Yeah, he stood me up. And it only oh. cost
0: me fifty dollars.
1: Oh, let's go. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, like yeah, that? yeah, yeah. But it was
0: actually, no, I, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> but it was after that, Um, we, you said, hey, I think we ought to give yeah. this thing a go. And I
2: got a hold of my heart. But he had a plan because he kept us friends because it was very important, actually, right. in our story that we stayed friends and just developed a relationship of getting to know each other. And so it was, it was, that's history. It was
0: about six months before we went on our first, actually, mm-hmm. official date. Yep. And uh, there's there this is. history. Let's yeah.
1: go. And so how old were you when you both met?
0: Uh,
2: I was 19. Yeah, We 19, got married 20. at 20, I turned 22 on our honeymoon, right. so we were young, young married people.
0: Yeah, we've kind of grown up together, yep. actually, and we had our first uh, child when we were like 24, 25, or 24, 25. and so, um,
1: yeah, so we've kind of grown up as a family, yep. you know. And now you have kids in your, in their 20s and-
2: 27, 24, and 18. Yeah. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah time flies doesn't it 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 does it It does when people you have little ones and so when you go oh it's gonna go by so fast and you're like not really it feels like an eternity and it actually does yeah
0: our youngest just left for college and for a freshman year and officially empty nesters nesters that's right yes but our
2: first empty nester vacation and but
0: it was kind of the reality even with her going to college is just like okay this is the start of like where our relationship happened in college and you know it's probably gonna
2: And the truth is, is 30 years of marriage, 27 years of our marriage, we had little people and big people in our house. So we're not used to not having people around us. So now we're in a new season of um, remembering what it was like to be just us.
1: That's amazing. Well, a lot has changed since you first Mm -hmm. uh, picked up the phone or hit a pay phone or since (laughs) JC didn't show up. Lots changed. (laughs) <laughs> Since then, um, being married so long compared to then. So maybe mm-hmm. what are some perspectives that have changed or some paradigms that shifted from mm-hmm. maybe when you first started, you know, talking or, or when you were first youngly married to now empty messers along your journey?
2: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's interesting because once we had kids and they began to be in the years of dating, our perspective changed about a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, true. that's the real truth. Um, so. You know, James and I, uh, thankfully, God blessed us that we had pretty, we had great, strong boundaries, and sh- sexually, we kept ourselves for each other. Um, but as we look back on our dating relationship mm-hmm. after we've had kids, and now they're dating, right. we realize some of our boundaries we expected for our kids were different than the ones mm-hmm. we had for ourselves. Right? Because we life told us that there are things that we should do to mm-hmm. protect ourselves. Um, in a way, because I think there was uh, places and spaces we put ourselves in that we had to manage boundaries and manage and care for our purity um, much more than we actually needed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why did we actually put that undue stress on ourselves? So for our kids, like you don't need to be in a car by yourself, sitting in a parking lot, right. having a conversation, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, quote <laughs> We're just unquote, talking yeah. about important things. I'm just like, you don't have to do that. However, we did that, and then we had to manage our, so I think having kids and then just life to realize that greater people than James and I Mm -hmm. have fallen prey to pushing back on boundaries. And all the listeners that are listening, I mean, like there are great people who've put themselves in compromising situations who fall into that, but had no intention to do that. And so- Yeah, and
0: I think the other thing about that too is like our kids have grown up in a totally different- Um, way of life than we did you know um you know secrecy in relationships is a lot easier today Mm -hmm. than it was when we were dating like we had to really be intentional about being together connecting physically today with you know smartphones and social media and video facetime facetime and so Mm -hmm. forth it's so easy to allow boundaries to um, be eroded eroded and, and kind of disappear because you can grow uh intimate relationship a lot faster than we could when we're younger and so i mean again we didn't have cell phones we didn't have email so like (laughs) email wasn't even a thing when we were dating so different times different Different times times. so (laughs) when you think about the speed of connection Mm -hmm. today and the speed of how close you can um get to know somebody um and i think the danger in that is that you can get to know somebody Mm -hmm. so quickly on the surface Mm -hmm. that you don't have maybe Mm -hmm. the perspective of time to actually get to know the person's character or their who they really are and so i think that's a that's a real different paradigm of Mm -hmm. how you we would see relationships today than when we were dating younger is that it's we we had this long process of time to really get to know each other and uh, not just on a romantic basis but like who we really were and the challenges and so forth before we uh, put ourselves in, in maybe compromising situations. You know, it made
2: me just think of like even our phone conversations, they were landlines. Yeah. So they were connected to a wall. right? <laughs> so right. we are not able to walk away from people. Yeah, there right. was an accountability that's a, that's around us good point. that even in our dorm rooms or like we'd have to if we were going to do have conversation that was incredibly intimate. Um, which we know that people have in mm-hmm. direct message or right. um, texting yeah. uh, and images and all that kind of stuff and faceTime in the bedrooms when you're you know you should be there's just so much
0: yeah there was just there was just there reg- was uh, physical built-in boundaries, boundaries built-in boundaries just in the way culture operated the way communication mm-hmm. operated that aren't there today right mm-hmm. and so I I think it would be a lot I mean if we put ourselves now right. yeah, dating, I mean, we would have to approach it a lot differently. And so.
2: You know, that's probably why I'm cautious about my kids being in cars alone mm -hmm. or some of the boundaries that we, is that they're actually closer because of their communication and other means than we had that we just didn't have.
1: Right. Very interesting. I think I've seen this to be true too, even for those who maybe aren't uh, in relationships getting physical, is like you can get emotionally attached way Mm -hmm. faster. And I think of like, this is kind of silly but even people talk to people who are like on snapchat every day and they're like keeping their streak you know yeah. they're like i gotta keep it up but like there's an emotional yeah attachment yeah. that's forming that's right. like just different yeah odd yes. and so i don't know what would you say to those who maybe are or maybe exploring em- like they're getting emotionally connected really really quick <laughs> and you know for for a month for two months and then it's like oh I'm moving on to the next person because mm-hmm. i think that happens uh, that they don't kind of steward those boundaries to go, is this a good idea for me to emotionally go there? Like mm-hmm. yeah. how can we protect our emotions and
2: you know, if it makes me think of um when James and I talk about intimacy in marriage, um, we it's it's not all just sexual. It's mm-hmm. what you're saying, there's an emotional intimacy that mm-hmm. happens, a spiritual intimacy, physical, which is mm-hmm. not related to sex, it's physical touch. Um, recreational, having fun together. Right. Well, when you're not balancing all of those things, you're like all emo, you know, that emotion, but emotional intimacy is real. Yeah. It is, re- and it does bind our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so when we, um, it binds us in a different way than, than we would physically or sexually, but it's still a very true thing and our hearts get wrapped up in it. So when we dismiss that and roll over to the next person, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff still attached. You yeah. know, when we yeah. talk about freedom, uh, we walk through breaking emotional ties mm-hmm. that we have not just sexual ties but unhealthy emotional right, ties yeah. so you're speaking to that which that that actually clouds and informs our future relationships mm-hmm. when we allow that not to mention it's disposing of people right 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 yeah
0: well in uh a while back we we did a talk just on uh, the power of bonding and the steps of mm. bonding and if you look at the 12 steps of bonding the 12th is, sexual intimacy but the ones that built up to that mm-hmm. are all around real personal uh, th- this emotional mm-hmm. connection and
2: but it paces it it it's paces not- it
0: because because all intimacy is really the glue of it is that emotional tie and so right. when people jump mm-hmm. into emotional relationships and so forth I, I agree they can be actually sometimes more damaging or more harmful than you know Maybe even sometimes physically, you know, right. because you're so attached emotionally at a. Emotional so to level. your
2: point, and that's so good, James. Because mm-hmm. to your point of like, what do you do? Is what what is a person who's on a streak, or you mm-hmm. know, yeah. or mm-hmm. go, go, like, what do you do to help um, pace that? And I would say, exercise discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, go. Oh, maybe a streak isn't for me. Mm-hmm. Maybe. If that's a problem, or if I get too vulnerable and share a lot of details that emotionally connects us, maybe I should, you know, instill some discipline and shut my mouth, you know? And so we all have to, wherever it could be small things, that we're actually exercising discipline and practicing something that helps us restrain ourselves, um, which is good for our soul and good for our spirit. Yeah.
1: Right. It's good. You're talking about ultimately becoming like a healthy. Person. I mean, to be disciplined right. is okay. Like, I want to work towards my own health. And we know that for any relationship, uh, especially with two people, it's going to be a healthy relationship. Yeah. Then it's the sum of two healthy people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, what are maybe some key indicators of a healthy relationship or healthy person that would know, like, okay, I'm ready for a serious relationship? What are some indicators?
0: Yeah. Uh, I'll give a few and then maybe you can jump in. I think one is personal character. Like, how, how is your, how would you rate your character? Like, are you somebody who's trustworthy, somebody who uh, doesn't fold up in, in pressure, but holds up under pressure. That's um, you know, uh, when you start engaging in a connection with another person, uh, do you have the emotional character, the strength to, um, to, to stand up to that? I think personal convictions and boundaries, like how, what uh, convictions and boundaries have you already set for yourself that you're not going to compromise your character in, in the midst of a relationship? You're going to find somebody who aligns with your convictions and your mm-hmm. boundaries. Uh, I think another one that we uh, work with a lot with um, couples who are actually maybe preparing to get married is um, the concept of independence. Mm-hmm. You know, um, unfortunately, in culture today, we have so many uh, young people that are growing up in this helicopter parent mm-hmm. culture where parents are com- really overly involved um, in their kids' lives. And um, you know, it's I, problematic. it is problematic, especially when a, uh, a kid hasn't learned how to move to independence yeah. from their parents. And so I think, um, you know, being intentional of like not rebelling, it's not mm-hmm. rebelling, it's independence. And right. as parents like, one of the things that we want to do with our, our young adult kids all along is that they should be able to be independent on their own. That's and true. so if you're in a place that you are still highly dependent upon your parents and, uh, you know, to support you and to nurture give you, you, give you boundaries and so forth, you're probably not ready. Yeah. So you need to work on that piece mm-hmm. before you are be, become dependent on mm-hmm. your independence before you can become interdependent right. in another mm-hmm. relationship.
2: Yeah, I like that. Um, I love your first two. Well, I love them all, but the personal character and your personal convictions, I, I feel like you have to know yourself yeah. and assess yourself, like you said, rate yourself. Mm-hmm. It's not like I know if my my personal character will hold up. i no one can judge that because that's my heart, my motives, what my relationship with the Lord, and so mm-hmm. you have to really um, uh, measure and think and process yourself and know that your other partner that you or your um significant other that you want to date that isn't their place to mm-hmm. tell you if your character can stand yeah, right. it's your place to determine, and it's your place independent of your parents, to be able to say, my convictions and my personal character is my choice, Mm -hmm. my relationship with the Lord, that he's telling me, he's informing me, Holy Spirit is speaking to me, and that I'm not reliant on James' personal convictions when Mm -hmm. we're in a dating relationship. However, James' personal convictions in our dating relationship was the model of what I feel like single men should do th- these mm, days, true. which is he honored me. He never put me in a situation. His convictions, his personal so convictions great. of boundaries was stronger than his lust for me. You yeah. we were lusting. <laughs> we got pictures. Yeah. Uh, so, but if going, I appreciate it. Now, I, as a female, I want to come in and have those convictions too. But in a dating relationship, I really respected that James, Those his personal character and boundaries were there. I think um in knowing if you're ready for a relationship I come and I'm open about coming from a very dysfunctional home a lot of baggage a lot of things that actually impacted and have the potential to impact relationships my friendships my work relationships and obviously my significant relationship with James and so even when I was when we talked about us walking around the track I was telling him hey I have this baggage in my life mm-hmm. I'm fatherless the impact of no father on a girl's life is is huge. And so it's going to show up. Are we prepared for that? Well, really, I didn't know then is that I was on a pursuit. That language was saying, I'm on a pursuit for healing. I'm on a pursuit for God to do a work and all that. And that healing, I think you have to be honest about it, Mm -hmm. aware you're not in denial. And then there's this like full disclosure um, with someone you're pursuing relationship with. But if you can't do that, if you, if you don't know that your past or even maybe something that's happened to you as a, a child will impact your relationships, if you're in denial about that and you're not walking in healing and trying to find out what, what those things are, whether it's counseling, pastoral counseling, mm-hmm. inner healing, then you're not ready. Yeah. You need to be dealing with that. And I'm not, I am still deal with it. Right. I mean, so it's not like it goes away, but I have been in pursuit but I of think
0: it I think that all goes to the point that one of the things we always say that to young couples is like... Um, your relationship, no relationship should complete you. You're, right. you're com- mm-hmm. the apostle Paul said you're completed in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so when it talks about your character, you know, the convictions and boundaries, your independence, all of that has to do, your emotional healing, right. all it has to do about being complete in Christ and it all starts in that relationship. Right. right. And so if, if you're going to, a, a sign of a healthy person ready for a relationship is somebody who is complete. In Christ, mm-hmm. not looking to be completed. That's it. I mean, yeah. our our relationship should Inhance. complement each other, enhance, and uh, you know, should right. you know, uh, we should be able to celebrate the the yep. uniqueness. But ultimately, you have to be whole in Christ before you mm-hmm. can actually give yourself wholly yep. to somebody else. You know,
2: I I when I lead myself, or James leads himself, that puts us in a place of him not having to lead me. Mm-hmm. Or having, there's being some tension point that makes me have to grow up. Right. It's like, no, I want to grow up. I have this internal motivation for God to do a work. And so um, I've always gone, James, I don't want you to have to worry about mm-hmm. me emotionally. He cares about me emotionally, but right. he's not responsible for my my health. And so and that starts well before you get married, well right. before you get married, well before you're dating. Yeah, that's right.
1: Then we see that a lot with, uh, I mean, young college kids, they have that void or they have that thing. Mm-hmm. And you look to relationships, mm-hmm. all these things to fill it. And then that doesn't work out. And then you're, you know, two steps behind where you were. And then you're, yeah. you know, all yeah. of this. And I love you're talking about character and conviction. Those are so, so powerful. But also when we talk about what I wish I knew about relationships, why it's also so complex and nuanced is you can be rock star in your conviction and your character and have no idea how to communicate to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So when you guys look back, or maybe on your journey, you guys have obviously grown a lot in your communication because mm-hmm. uh, communication is is a very important thing for yeah. all relationships, mm-hmm. like yep. friendships, you know, romantic relationships, uh, you know, working, working relationships. Relationship. I mean, communication. We're doing it right now. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like you do it, yeah, all the time. Texting, email, all of these things. So, what are some things that you learned along the way, or maybe you look back? At uh, that season in Nashville, you know, we started mm-hmm. started dating. You know, mm-hmm. Like, if we only knew these couple things about communication, mm-hmm. then yeah, mm-hmm. we're you know, it's so important.
2: Yeah, um, I, I well, thinking about that. That communication is an ongoing skill that has to be developed. Yeah, it, you never arrive. That's great. So if you think that you're the master communicator, whether you're public speaker, whether uh, podcasting, th- or in relationship with work people and a husband, and like James and I. This week had a communication mishap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, it took a lot of effort for us to, go, like, you know, I'm like, Jesus, help me
0: <laughs>
2: verbally communicate our misunderstanding. Yeah. It was a misunderstanding. And so I had to walk, I said, I'm going to walk away and give myself a minute. And he respected that. That's skill because mm-hmm. I have a lot of words, as <laughs> you can tell. Yeah. And a lot of passion and uh, emotion and words for emotion. And so I came back and said, Hey, I think we're on the di- two different pages but trying to communicate about something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You're exactly right." And it was about finances. So, finances is a hot point yeah. for us. So, yeah. but I just go, "We're 30 years in marriage, 35 years in being together, and we're still learning about communication that has that moment had I had the I had the choice I can make this whole evening tense mm-hmm. and blow us up or I can rise up to the woman of God that I yeah. am mm-hmm. and lead the yeah. lead through this communicating effectively and And so I would say it never stops, but you do have to be intentional about learning.
0: Yeah. I think um, one of the things that if I were to go back and talk to my 18, 19-year-old self, I would probably talk about the importance of emotional intelligence and communication. Um, You know, when I talk about emotional intelligence, this ability to manage your own emotions and the emotions of somebody else. Uh, the people around you. And it's, um, it's actually what I wish I would have known back then is that, um, it, there's some skills just like in anything else that actually can be developed to grow in that area and it will affect every area of your right. communication. So for me, I, you know, when I was younger, I was, um, I, I lacked, I didn't leverage, I didn't lack empathy. I just didn't leverage empathy and empathy is so important in relationships to right. be able to, put yourself in somebody else's shoes but not only that but also to be able to understand when somebody's affected or mm-hmm. something's going on and be able to identify that and so um you know so i think you know if i were to say hey what's one thing that you could do to develop communication it's it's like how emotionally intelligent are you mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um and sometimes you need some some feedback you need some tools to uh, to to know how to do that, but like if if you lack impulse control, that's going to affect your communication. Right. If you lack you know emotional awareness, that's going to affect your mm-hmm. uh, uh, communication. Social empathy, awareness, social right. awareness, and so um, you know we communicate all day long, and it's not just the words we say. Actually, scientists would say only seven percent of our communication is actually in words. And the majority of our communication okay. is in tone and body language. Mm-hmm. Right. That's great, and mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, you you may be a great orator, but if you have <laughs> low emotional IQ, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to struggle in your communication, mm-hmm. and and that's one of the things we even see with uh, with married couples is right. that they never. Some couples who struggle in their communication have real deficits in their personal awareness, their self awareness of some some skills that can be developed, and so I, I think that's where I would say is mm-hmm. if I. Speaking, having coffee with a young person is like how are you doing in these areas and are there some skills that maybe are lacking that you could develop that are gonna affect all areas of communication in every relationship, whether it's your future spouse yep. or your work relationship mm-hmm. or friendships or whatever?
2: you know that um, that show did show up for you your um, lack of leveraging empathy mm-hmm. in your um, all relationships and in your work relationship in particular yeah. too. Um, one of the things I when you're talking about all of those skills, when we work with married people, mm-hmm. ten years in, twenty years in, they actually think that each other have bad hearts
0: mm-hmm. because yeah. they're
2: really bad really at communication. Good. And we're like, "You don't have bad hearts. You have bad really skills. bad skills. Yeah, right. You have like your skills are in a deficit. Right. And so, but but when your communication skills aren't aren't always sharpening, right, then it does feel like there's a personal. It's it, you start thinking things are personal or mm-hmm. there's a personal character attack on your on your spouse or your relationship. And right. it's like, yeah. no, there there may be. But mo- most often people just have really poor skills yep. and they don't have bad hearts. And,
0: and I would say to just if if somebody's listening that they're in a relationship right now, dating relationship or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're having real communication issues and challenges, you need to deal with it now because, you know, you. Um, Unrealistic expectations destroy relationships yeah. in the future. Like mm-hmm. if you think that hey this is just going to get better, no. It doesn't get better and if you have issues now in your dating relationship and you enter into marriage, they're only going to amplify. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you have to deal with some of those communication issues. And communication when you get to the root of basically every issue when it comes to long-term relationships and marriage and so forth, communication is is list. foundational. All yeah. those things, whether it's finances or sex or right. you know in laws or whatever, it's yep. it communication is key. So it is a skill that you really need to develop.
1: That's mm-hmm. great. I've been we're going on six years in December, it's and awesome. something um it's it's really hard to believe honestly, mm-hmm. but something I'm still working on and got to get a lot better at is is my listening nonverbal communication. Mm-hmm. There's so many times Tara and I are on the couch and she's talking to me and I have a, a very intense resting face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm and uh rbf face resting yeah. board face, board <laughs> face. Like, there
0: you go I like that resting board like face that. you
1: know <laughs> and she'll sometimes stop and go like are you upset and i'm like huh i'm mm-hmm. i'm good mm-hmm. you know and i'm like man like i, I don't want to be that kind of person who when someone else is telling me something serious or has a concern that i look upset yeah, and yeah. so it's like you know i gotta maybe work on my muscles in my it's face um but th- that's something i'm going man i gotta get better yeah. at that because mm-hmm. so much of communication is also listening and Trying to that's grow as a, as a listener because that's definitely been a hindrance if she comes to me and I'm like, Yeah, look mm-hmm. like I'm gonna you know, tear the carpet up. You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> exactly, and especially with my kids too. I'm like, I don't wanna be an intense mm-hmm. all yeah. the time, you know? So that's really great. That's good. That's, uh, yeah, pray for me there. Yeah, that's right. So that's right. I'm, I'm, well, I'm working on that.
2: y'all's person, you and James have similar personalities, mm-hmm. and Tara and I have similar personalities, good. and our it is that's that um, it, I sometimes think that James is maybe not bored, but he, he's checked out. Like, where are you? Are you there while I'm talking? And so it does it. He's that skill of like being engaged, leaning in and whatever you have to do. I'm sure it's monotonous because I have so many. I try to reduce my. You words. do have a lot more words than yeah, I, do, I do, obviously. Yeah. Bless us. Bless us, girls. <laughs> yeah.
1: I love it. Well, y'all y'all linked up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it is 2023. I love yeah. that
2: linked up. That's a very yeah. modern term for yeah. a long time ago. Yeah.
1: yeah I, I, we could can, we can use that. So <laughs> we, I'm stole, a...
0: we stole a phrase from some friends that we met way back in the 1900s. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So I love that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I love that. Well, I just crossed into the 30s. So I'm, I'm 30. And I'm I'm seeing like my dad's wardrobe mm-hmm. start to come back. I was just in Pennsylvania and stole some stuff. Yeah. and just mm-hmm. took it back. But a little bit different. What What are some fashion things you think from maybe your day that are coming back, or what are some things in your closet that you're like, man, I hope I, that comes back. Yeah, or I'm ready to pull it out or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. Do I don't think we're ready enough to pull pictures. anything
2: out. But if if you started wearing something that was back from the '80s, we would be then we'd be like, we're trying to rock it. I think, which I've seen, Pastor um, Stephen Robertson has done this is. You peg his, um, the bottom of your pant legs, uh-huh. and you fold it over and roll it up.
1: Yeah,
2: I've seen him do that once, yeah. so I don't know if he's trying to bring it back, but that's totally an 80s thing. So yeah. it's like regular straight leg pair of jeans, but you peg them, yeah. Peg yeah. them. and so, yeah do you yeah. know what that is yes yeah, yeah. Okay, okay very good yeah. you're looking at, you again yeah. you had the resting board face so Help, yeah.
1: coach, <laughs> coach me coach me coach me yeah, yeah. i didn't know if you're with no. me but now you're with see? me you know see? what it is see okay, now imagine yeah. my wife <laughs>
0: okay. uh i think for me well some things have already come back because I've, I've been wearing a lot of like joggers that mm-hmm. have a lot of pockets and they resemble parachute pants yeah
2: they haven't fully parachute pants fully haven't come back they
0: haven't but there's some style there that's similar but um I think for me the big thing back in my day was Miami Vice, and it was um, a show. It was a show. People don't know. People may know Miami Vice. I don't know, but mm. um, uh, Sonny, one of the cops, always wore sport like these light sports jackets, uh-huh. and they were cool because you yeah. can wear them down, right? Or you could push up the sleeves. And I like I don't like things on my sleeves, so I, I wish yeah. we could bring back the sports jacket. You just push up your sleeves. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And they, but they were really colorful. Would you they do were, that again?
0: No, probably not. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the
1: sleeves are were yeah. cool. Well, well, I love it. Well, thanks so much for, for being with us today and for, for sharing your insights and wisdoms and, and funny stories. And uh, I'm thankful JC never showed up. Cause I know. You so I wouldn't be here today. <laughs> that's but, right. That's uh, <laughs> right. I love it. You got Art of Spousing. Anything else you want to let the listeners know about, check in, lean into?
2: I wondered if you should put in the show notes some resources on emotional intelligence. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. and stuff that would be would be good.
0: Yeah. I'd love for you to check out our podcast, Art of Spousing. It uh, airs every other week. Come and. On. um even if you're not married, we talk a lot about issues of communication and just relational issues that would help in any relationship.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks so much. Friends, those who have been listening, make sure you follow these people, listen to them, check out the podcast. And if you enjoyed this, like, subscribe, share it, uh, comment, whatever you got to do to stay with us. And we hope that you've been enjoying this season called What I Wish I Knew. We will see you next time. We love you. We out. Thanks for joining us for this episode of
0: Young and Adulting. Follow us on Instagram at cf.youngadults. And if there's a topic you'd like to talk about, we want to hear about it. Send us an email or leave a comment with your thoughts. We'll see you next time.